0: Welcome to episode 45. Do you get the chance to get outside in the middle of the day, every single day, and just get naked? If you answered no, then you're like me. Neither do I, but there is a huge drawback to not being able to do that vitamin D deficiency and because we're all not basking in the sun with our gear out we are at risk we're at risk of being a disease statistic at some point in our lives and that's exactly what I want to talk about on today's show so let's dive into it. Welcome to the how to not get sick and die podcast you've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't well get sick and die here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Here, how you doing? You good? If you said yes, I am glad. If you said no, then I have an abundance of free hugs and D and waiting for you right over here. So come and get them. <laughs> now, if you're new here, this is your first podcast that you've jumped on. I want to just give you a bit of a summary of what I'm trying to do. So my aim is to talk simply about health and nutrition to you. So it makes perfect sense to you or anybody listening, no matter your background or education. Because let's be frank, the amount of Googling that we do about our own symptoms or problems or mums or dad's problems or our partner's problems is just, you know, Google diagnosis is an issue across the board. Therefore, with the info that you learn here on this podcast in plain English, you can make sense of the topics that we are discussing and then take appropriate action or at the very least, add the knowledge that you've learned here today or on any of the podcasts to the arsenal of wisdom. You have been slowly accumulating through podcasts and YouTube videos and all of the little bits and pieces that you've learned across the while and are able to make sense of it and do something with it, right? That's the idea of collecting information is being able to do stuff with it. Knowledge is just potential. Action is power, right? Now, before we dive into the vitamin D and disease conversation, I wanted to say thank you. Yes, you, you listening because literally today I hit the 10,000 download mark, 10k, which is really just shocking to be honest. I'm, I've done no marketing or advertising for this show and we've achieved 10,000 downloads in just a little over nine months with a bunch of amazing guests and it's just been phenomenal. So, hell yeah, thank you. And it's It really is all because of the contribution that you have given to the show by just listening to the episodes and sharing them online. And the great thing is, I have so many amazing guests lined up for this show. Some interviews I've already done. They're in the bank waiting to be launched. And you'll be duly rewarded for being such a loyal and supportive member of the show by being able to consume the wisdom and knowledge of these amazing guests that I'm fortunate enough to have on the show. So, thank you. I went out and had a Blackberry and activated charcoal smoothie this morning to celebrate, and now I'm back home to record this week's episode. And as always, don't stop there, continue with me on this journey to spread the good word of the show. Uh, I guess I kind of sounded a bit religious there, I didn't mean that. <laughs> spread the good word. Um, so, if you learn anything on this episode, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with a friend or share it via your Instagram story or any social media. And be sure to tag me. And if you're listening to an episode with one of my amazing guests, tag them too. All of the details will be in the show notes below. Woo! All right, let's get stuck into today's show. We're talking vitamin D and disease, and we're going to start right at the start. What is vitamin D? So, vitamin D is what's called a pro hormone, right? It's a pro hormone, it's not actually a vitamin. And I've got a little theory around the way that the medical industry engages with vitamins or the word vitamin or even how society perceives the word vitamin and how we use that uh, vernacular clinically and how we perceive it. And so, my theory is this, that because vitamin D was incorrectly named vitamin D with the word vitamin all those years ago, that it, it was sort of lumped for decades and decades in the woo-woo category. The vitamins and and minerals and supplements and all that kind of nutritional stuff that everyone was kind of rolling their eyes at for decades. They were rolling their eyes at that kind of stuff for so long that Western medicine and medical doctors haven't been taught nutrition or really much about the function of many, 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 almost all vitamins and minerals in the body for Almost 100 years, right, in medical education. And my theory is simply that because it was called vitamin D, it resulted in Western medicine kind of neglecting The fact that it's not a vitamin. And so when they heard that, you know, when, when we throw around the word vitamin D, a lot of people just subconsciously categorize it as that not as important nutritional stuff that you can get in supplements off the shelf, and therefore it can't really be that therapeutic. I think that if we actually acknowledged it as the pro hormone that it is from day one, that clinically, Medical doctors and all the people around the world that work with this, with the human body and the function of hormones and the function of steroids and all of these different things in the body would have taken it much more seriously and it would have had a much more, uh, or it would have grabbed a lot more attention when it came to the conversation around disease rather than us now requiring all of these natural health practitioners and scientists like myself to draw people's attention to it and have to let everybody know that vitamin D isn't a vitamin. <laughs> it's a pro-hormone. What does that mean? So, a pro-hormone means that it is created in the body. It, is, it requires UV radiation from the sun to hit your skin to initiate the reaction that then produces the pro hormone that is vitamin D. So, a lot of people think that vitamin D comes from the sun. It doesn't. Light comes from the sun, and UV rays come from the sun. And when it hits our skin, it causes our skin to, that contains the reaction to then produce. Vitamin D3, right? Or pro hormone vitamin D3. Now, every single year of research that goes by, we seem to add another 100 genes that we've identified uh, influenced or impacted or controlled by vitamin D. So, depending where you look, it's usually somewhere between 100 to 1,000 genes in the body uh, directly impacted in some capacity by vitamin D, by the presence of vitamin D. And also, like all vitamins, like all vitamins and minerals and nutritional uh, aspects of health, it has a synergistic relationship with multiple different things. This is why supplementation is great, but eating the whole real food is far better because having an you know an extremely high dose of one particular thing in a supplement um, isn't always the answer. You would need the supporting compounds, the su- synergistic compounds that help absorb and upregulate the uptake of the vitamin that you're taking. So, particularly with vitamin D, uh, the synergistic effect is particularly present with vitamin F. And that's why many people from a dietary standpoint uh, recommend cod liver oil because there's a good amount of vitamin D and vitamin F in a, a cod liver oil supplement. Anyway... I digress. The point is that it's better to get this stuff from its natural source. And the natural source for you is going to be from the sun, right? The other thing to note is simply that uh, one massive exposure each day to the sun is less than ideal, okay? So we need, there's obviously an uptake threshold of the skin. And so you actually want multiple exposures in the sun every single day so that you can get the right amount of uptake across the day. You get limited uptake each time you enter the sun. And obviously, Obviously, the more red you get and then, and then beyond that, the more burnt you get, You prevent sunburn prevents the facilitation of the normal reaction that produces the pro-hormone vitamin D, right? So, we want to get in the sun as often as possible but also, most people enter the sun without actually realizing it's just their face and their hands that are visible. You really need to expose as much of your body to the sun in order to convert those amounts. So, The next question is, what does vitamin D do? So, as I just mentioned with the genes, you know, it affects almost 100 to 1,000 genes. And there are vitamin D receptors in every single cell in the human body, every single cell. And most of those are in some capacity related to the immune system and the normal function of your cells. So, Vitamin D has a very major role in regulating the immune system. Hundreds and hundreds of genes make up the immune system, right? And vitamin D has a critical role in being by being present in every single one of those cells. Irrelevant of what it needs to do, whether it needs to work with your DNA, whether it needs to facilitate reactions to clean up the problems in the cell or the free radicals in the cell, whether it be to transport different molecules around the body safely. Um, there's just so many different things that it, that it works with, right? And the sad reality is that 70% of all people, all people everywhere are deficient, right? They're deficient, and I wonder why this is. You've already heard me talk about the sun and I'll talk a little bit more about that soon, but it's pretty obvious, right? We're inside all the time now and it's pretty easy to be deficient when the number one source of vitamin D is caused by a reaction that happens only when you're in the sun. Dietary vitamin D is very low, is very low. Um, The other interesting thing that not many people talk about in the vitamin D conversation is stress. So, most people in the Western world and, in fact, the entire world are chronically stressed. Now, you've probably heard a few times on this podcast me discuss the definition of chronic stress versus acute stress and our genes are only set up to handle acute stress, which ends after the single event is over and then we return to a normal baseline but most people are chronically stressed we wake up worrying about all sorts of different things and most people that think they're even not stressed have such a high baseline of stress that they don't even realize they are stressed but metabolically speaking or uh, molecularly is stress actually the stress hormone cortisol so it's, it's corticosteroid and remember the pro-hormone uh, vitamin d actually works in the same kind of corticosteroid space, metabolically speaking, cortisol competes for the binding site of vitamin D. So what's a binding site? So imagine you know when you land in a plane and it comes pulls in to dock um, essentially where the you know the the stairs that attach to the side of the plane that you walk into the airport with, that say that's a binding site, right? And say you're on a plane that's loaded with vitamin Z vitamin D and you land and you come to pull into the port or to, you know, the site where you're going to get off the plane, there's a plane already there. And that plane happens to be cortisol because you're chronically stressed. So, in this scenario, even if you're outside and sufficient amounts or you're supplementing vitamin D irrelevant of the volume that you're supplementing, when the binding site For vitamin D to be metabolized is already occupied, then we obviously can't uptake that vitamin D. So, this is important in this conversation because we need to engage stress relief, not stress distraction activities. And I'll do a podcast explaining the difference between those. But we need to employ daily, daily stress relief activities. We need to get our skin in the sun daily. So, therefore, we need to manage our stress daily to allow those vitamin D binding sites to be available for uptake. Now, this is the big thing about this podcast I want to talk about, right? I want to just brush over a handful of diseases and problems that a lack of vitamin D can result in because we're all deficient. Not all, 70%. 70% of the planet is deficient in vitamin D, right? So, I want to start with the most obvious one and it will be the most obvious to anyone that has studied medicine in any degree and that is Ricketts disease. So, Ricketts is the... Primary thing that they're taught, in, uh, doctors are taught in medical school, and nurses, I assume, um, in regards to what vitamin D is a result of, and we see we see rickets uh, disease in a cancer context. We see it in a bunch of different contexts because it's one of the first things we see that then results in other disease problems, okay? It's one of the indicators that there's a strong vitamin D issue in this particular person, which then can have flow-on effects to the diseases I'm about to share. But it can also happen by itself. So, low vitamin D prevents the uptake of calcium and phosphorus in the body. And these are two very important molecules and minerals for bone density, structure, and solidity. Additionally to the bones, calcium uptake is really important in the muscles and multiple organs throughout the body. And therefore, low vitamin D means that the uptake of these super important minerals is massively inhibited almost across the entire body, right? And particularly the muscles uh, p- and particularly the bones, which is the whole point of Ricketts disease because Ricketts disease means that the bones are become malleable, they become soft. They, If you experience low vitamin D as a child or even in utero, you can be born with malleable bones and weak, soft bones, and therefore, you're more prone to fractures, you're more prone to breaks, you're more prone to not be able to heal correctly from that. You're also prone to bone deformity as a result of low vitamin D. And this is, like I said, this is the most common one that they're taught about in medical school. And um, I've heard it a number of times at meetings at work as well, that it being um, a prognostic feature of a low vitamin D level and then flow on effects to obviously cancer. So, which I'll touch on in a moment. The next one I want to jump in on is diabetes. So, what's the link with vitamin D and diabetes? So, the most common thing with type 1 diabetes is that vitamin D, a low vitamin D, precedes the onset of type 1 diabetes. It's just one of the most common flags of type 1 diabetes being developed. Now, this obviously doesn't include those that are born with it, but there's plenty of hypotheses out there that those that are born with type 1 diabetes also had low vitamin D in utero and their mother obviously had low vitamin D levels. And this would not be surprising, right? Because 70% of the world's population is deficient in vitamin D. So, it's no surprise that 70% of babies are going to be deficient in vitamin D, okay? So, and keep in mind, If the mum's already deficient, the baby that's in the oven is going to be even more deficient because that vitamin D is going to be prioritised in the mother before it's then dished out in its relative amounts to the baby. So, this is kind of no surprise at all. And actually, they did a study um, a few years ago now and they... Pretty much got a a a ton of pregnant women, and they tracked uh, these the babies once they were born. They supplemented some with vitamin D. They supplemented, and they supplemented the others with placebo, so nothing at all. And they found that a supplementation of vitamin D, and obviously you know correct exposure to the sun, etc., etc., dropped the incidence of type one childhood type one diabetes being diagnosed by eighty six percent. Now that's massive that's a that's like that's almost all of them <laughs> right that almost is all of them minus the genetic variant that you can't exclude from this because they just had bad genes which is a much smaller percentage but it's still 86% is pretty much the lot right now that's that's huge so you know considering anyone that might have developed type 1 diabetes or anyone that might be pregnant, it might be an idea to be on a vitamin D supplement. Obviously, talk to your nutritionist or your dietitian. Now, I usually don't get along with too many dietitians, but um, your nutritionist is going to be the person you want to talk to, not your doctor. Not your doctor. Why? Because he just doesn't have the education in this stuff unless he, he does and he's actually gone out of his way. Anyway, moving on to type 2 diabetes. So, I've told, I said before that vitamin D impacts 100 to over 1,000 different genes and it couldn't be more obvious when it comes to type 2 diabetes. So, vitamin D improves the body's sensitivity to insulin, which is the exact hormone that regulates blood sugar and the exact hormone that is just all messed up when you've got diabetes, right? So, if you want to get diabetes 1 under control or prevent it to begin with, vitamin D might be an important part of that healing process or preventative measure to avoid, you know, developing diabetes. Now the reality is that no amount of vitamin D is going to make up for your poor eating habits or poor relationships with food and that's a very different and far more profound conversation that needs to be had so that you can, you know, work with your eating issues and very very few people, you know, have diabetes type 2 as a result of their genetics. It's pretty much always a result of high sugar, high carb diets and putting food into your body far too regularly and not allowing your blood sugar and therefore your insulin to drop sufficiently and therefore it's elevated all of the time vitamin d might facilitate the movement of the insulin needle up and down and you know increase the sensitivity of your cells but this is just going to be an adjunct to the therapy in which you improve your relationship with food move your food addictions implement a good intermittent fasting schedule so you allow insulin to drop but the point is vitamin D has an important role, whether you have type 2 diabetes or not, in managing the sense body sensitivity to insulin. So, whether you're healthy or not, whether you're me, and you know, I'm a 30-year-old male, average height, and you know, I'm what, I'm 80 kilos, I'm a healthy weight, having the cells in my body have a strong and healthy relationship with insulin is super important for me too. This is another reason why supplementing vitamin D might be a good idea. The link is in the show notes below. Next one might surprise you. Multiple sclerosis. So there's a strong connection here too. So there's a lot of research that shows that everybody has an increased likelihood of multiple sclerosis if they're further away from the equator, which would indicate what? your strongest and best and most consistent exposure to the sun. The closer to the equator you are, the more exposed to good sunlight you are and consistent sunlight. You know, the equator is the place where you're going to have good sun all year round, right? And there's literally a measurement. Like, the further you are from the equator, the lower the likelihood that you will... that, that the higher the likelihood that you will develop MS, okay? And whilst there's many of the mechanisms with MS that they haven't figured out, sun exposure is certainly one of them. Now, metabolically speaking, there's a few different theories around the vitamin D contribution. But again, vitamin D receptors are in every single cell in the body, including the nervous system. And therefore, a lack of vitamin D just simply means on the most fundamental and basic level, if there's cells in your body, whether it be the nervous system, whether they be in muscle cells, whether it be In your pancreas, for the diabetes stuff, whether it be in your brain, a lack of something that should be there is going to cause some form of dysregulation, right? Mm -hmm. Next one, cancer, the big one one of the world's biggest killers now. Literally in cancer, they have a scale of the likelihood of death once you have cancer based on your vitamin D levels. That's how strong the relationship is with cancer and vitamin D. The lower your levels, the increased risk of death and how rapid you die, right? Now, the Cancer Institute says vitamin D supplements won't work and some other instant cancer institutes say that they will work. The reality is your body has a deficiency of a hormone, a pro-hormone that it requires for function in every cell of the body. So irrelevant, irrelevant of the disease or problem, if you're vitamin D deficient, you're immunologically compromised. Now, remember, most of the genes that vitamin D influences absolutely influences the immune system. Most of those genes are immunological genetics, right? Cancer is as a result of your immune system kind of losing its shit, right? It's immunological dysfunction. So, think about it. Vitamin D influences the genetics that influence your immunology, that influence your immune system. If... You know, 100 to 1,000 genes we're talking here and that's the ones that we've researched. I'm certain more will come up, right? And don't forget every single cell in your body has these receptors, many of which have very prominent immune functions. The cells in your body all have some degree of immune function An absence of vitamin D on such massive levels, 70% of the world is under the threshold and that's the medical threshold I should add. Remember, Western medicine, their numbers, when you get a blood test, their numbers are which are the minimum required to not present illness or disease, right? If you go to a natural practitioner and have your vitamin D levels measured, they are going to be way further out than if you saw a doctor. A doctor is going to give you the minimum threshold of like, oh yeah, you're not you're not uh, out of range, but if you go and see a naturopath or a Chinese medical doctor and how, how he reads those bloods, he's going to say you're way out because they're, the natural practitioners have a baseline of actual health rather than just not being sick. And this is just different modalities taking their different approaches. So I strongly recommend that even if a Western medical doctor says that your vitamin D is in range, that you go and have a natural practitioner review the blood. Because that person is far more likely to keep you in a state of health, and not just in a state of not being diseased yet. If this makes sense, anyway, I digress. So uh, the immune, as I just said, the immune system and the dysfunction is a result of the low vitamin D, and the cancer is an immunological dysfunction. Right? We have cancer cells in our body. Normally, our body is our immune system is cleaning those up always, and then eventually, either the immune system is uh, thrown into dysfunction itself or the amount of cancer cells that the body is producing as the result of our very toxic diets and lifestyles that we live these days, our immune system just can't keep up with the rapid amount of uh, cancer cells that we are producing, right? And don't forget as well, I might have mentioned on a cancer episode that I've talked about as a Canadian study that did a study that There's a Canadian study that the government funded over there because they realized vitamin D was such a prominent part of cancer diagnosis or low vitamin D. And they found in a test group that they did that supplemental vitamin D resulted in a decrease of 60% of cancer diagnoses in this one particular study. It's just phenomenal, right? Vitamin D is such an important hormone. It's such an important part of the biological function of humans and pretty much all animals on the planet, I might add. And keeping in mind, the vast majority of those animals are out in the sun all the time. Okay. And the other one that might surprise you is mental health. Um, now, there's a few different things in regards to your mental health state and vitamin D, but I'm just going to touch on two here. Um, and so, reduce vitamin D, in the body, in the blood, means reduced oxytocin. Oxytocin is essentially the love hormone. Um, so, it's, you know, when you have hugs, when you have sex, when you connect with someone of the same sex or another sex, that loving feeling, that caring, and it's it's a happy hormone as well. It's it's in the chemicals that gets released when you're happy. That is re- That is reduced because in the metabolism that results in the production of oxytocin is, guess what? Vitamin D is an important part of that pathway. So you have reduced oxytocin and therefore you don't connect as strongly to people. Those loving interactions with your partner are not as good or, or, you know, sex isn't as good because you don't feel as connected because you're lacking oxytocin. Now, another one of the happy hormones, serotonin is also reduced as a result of low vitamin D because of the same reason in that metabolic pathway that produces serotonin and the cells in the body that produce serotonin is an important function which contains vitamin D. Okay. So, it's super important to make sure that we've got these good amounts of vitamin D in our blood for mental health because winter blues, who's heard of winter blues? Put your hand up. (laughs) I know this is audio, but put your hand up. Um, So, winter blues is a real thing. It's a real thing. People that go through winter and get depressed and there's countries in the world where they have reduced uh, countries that listen to this podcast i might add that have reduced sunlight for long periods of time of the year like long um and their days if they have them at all are only a couple of hours long of sunlight and it's those those countries have increased levels of depression and anxiety and mental health issues because of their lack of vitamin d and they're so connected to the production of the happy hormones right i've only touched on two here but it's the whole cock that are influenced, right? Um, and so... I've just touched on a bunch of things here just to get through this episode nice and quickly for you guys because I'm almost reaching time. But the point is that there is a strong link between all disease and vitamin D because vitamin D receptors are in every single cell in the body and they're required for most of the immunological genetic functions of the body, right? And as I said, I'm certain that in future years as we study new genes, it's going to keep coming out that vitamin D or pro-hormone vitamin D is an important, part of all of these immunological functions. So, the point is, why are we so deficient in vitamin D? Actually, before I move on to that, I just want to say that if you type in a distribution map of the world in regards to cancer diagnosis and frequency, you will see that the further away from the equator, the higher the rate of cancers, right? Overall, this is an overall thing I'm talking about. And more inter- interestingly, the countries which have privilege, the first world countries are also more likely, again, to have higher cancer di- cancer diagnosis. So, we're talking North America, we're talking Australia, we're talking, you know, the likes of um, those the Nordic countries that have very, very good economies and socioeconomic statuses. Why is that? Because people in second and third world countries are still going outside. They're still doing a lot of manual manual labor. They're still having to go outside for different reasons whereas in the first world we have the luxury of being inside for everything right so this is another indicator now causation correlation is not causation but this is another indicator or potentially another feather in the cap in regards to the fact that vitamin d and cancer are strongly linked and therefore we need to get in the sun more often so speaking of that how do we get more vitamin d so of course there are vitamin d supplements and the reality is that the many on the market are really low. They're really low in concentration. And most doctors will put you on something like 400 IUs a day, international units, um, and that was kind of the gold standard for decades, right? And that was considered enough. But the more research that's being done, that keeps being bumped up to know you need 800 a day. Some doctors say 2,000 a day. I myself, I'm on 5,000 a day when I'm on my vitamin D supplement. You know, sometimes it takes a while to jack that up from such massive deficiency. And again, we're not in the sun every day, unless you're getting into the sun. Like I'm talking, like five times a day with your top off. And if you get in the sun, when you do, you should you should make an effort to take your top off, go out in short shorts, go out in a bikini, so that you're getting as much of your skin in the sun as possible. Because, guess what? That pro hormone reaction that's happening that produces. Pro hormone vitamin D is then happening in say ten thousand locations in your skin instead of just one hundred locations that are just in your face and your hands, right? So you want to expose as much skin. So, but in order to get enough, you want to be going out into the sun for short periods of time, uh, you know, three to five times a day. Obviously, we can't all do that. We work, we have lives, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can supplement, but. The sun is always going to be superior. It doesn't matter what decade it is. It doesn't matter what year it is. Our genetics were hardwired and purposely created by evolution to be the most profitable generation of vitamin D in the skin through sun exposure. So, that's what we need to do, right? Now, when you're supplementing, the important thing to know as well is that studies show that most people get the most out of their vitamin D supplements when they have them with a big meal, not just a snack, a big meal. Now, why is that? Because as I said in the beginning, supplements and these types of things have important molecules that support the uptake, right? So, when you eat an apple, you get all the benefits of what's in the apple because they're all supporting compounds in there. With vitamin D, one of the most important supporting compounds is vitamin K2. And I mentioned vitamin F earlier, but vitamin K2, and you'll find some vitamin D supplements come as a combo with vitamin K2. So, it's really important for the uptake of the vitamin D3. And I, yeah, and, and in this podcast, I'm referring to vitamin D3. So, um, as I referred to earlier about the measurement levels, it's the same with prescription levels. So, vitamin D prescription from a medical doctor is going to be much lower than the vitamin D prescription from a natural health professional such as myself because we are trying to get people to a state of optimal health whereas Western medicine is currently set up to just help you get over the line of not being diseased, right? You're just not sick. If you go to the doctor, he's like, you're not sick. You don't need me. Whereas if you come to a natural health professional, if you come to me, I'm going to say to you, hey, how can we optimize your health? Because you can be healthier, better, smarter, stronger, right? So, expect a much higher prescription from a natural health professional like a naturopath or anybody like that, right? Um, And some other little things you can do are just do some activities outdoors, right? You wanna have a barbecue? Have a barbecue at the park, right? Wear some shorts, wear a short sleeve t shirt get your guns in the sun, right? Get out there and you can start planning events. You know, maybe you work in an office, you got a small team at the office, so you can focus on, you know, getting your guys out. Maybe lunch, you make lunch in the sun. It has to be in the sun, right? Or whatever it might be for your family, make it a weekly routine. Even if it's just once a week, you're probably already doing better. And yeah, you're probably like, I walk to work or, you know, I catch the train or I ride my bike to work. Remember, You're exposing less than 5% of your skin to the sun in most of those cases because I'm certain that most of the listeners, most of you guys, are only exposing your face and your hands and maybe your forearms, right? But most of our skin is obviously on our torso, on our back, so we need to get all of this skin into the sun. Anyway. This has been a great episode and I could talk about this for ages, particularly cancer. Maybe I'll do another episode on the cancer. I've done a few lectures on vitamin D and cancer, much more in depth than I covered today. Um, But I just wanted to highlight to you guys the importance of pro-hormone vitamin D, Let's start changing out the way we talk about it. So when you talk about vitamin D, you should remember and tell anybody you're talking to: Did you know that it's actually not a vitamin? And I say this because I really think it's important for us to start changing the vernacular around vitamin D, so we ta- start taking it a bit more seriously than just "oh, I just don't have enough vitamins, 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 vitamins." You know, we see them, we see supplements on the supermarket shelf. We're just kind of like, "oh yeah, th- there's those." So. I'm going to wrap this episode up. I hope you learned a little bit. I hope that you understand that vitamin D is not just a vitamin. It's much more important than that. And it has so many, so many important functions in the body. And even though I only touched on a small handful of illnesses or diseases today, it it impacts so many more. Maybe I'll do another episode where I literally just spend the whole 30 minutes listing the diseases that it impacts because the list is long. I'm telling you, the list is long, right? So, You can solve this problem for free, for free, by simply getting into the sun every single day, right, for a small amount of time, multiple times a day. If you currently don't do that at all, starting with once a day, even staying at once a day is going to drastically increase your capacity for vitamin D retention, levels, and your overall health because of the impact vitamin D has on that health. All right, guys, as usual, if you loved this episode or you learned anything, please take a screenshot, share it with a friend, chuck it up as your Instagram story and tag me. Maddie Lansdown and if you're listening to any of the other episodes be sure to tag my guests because they're all brilliant humans and their message deserves to be shared with the world so tag them too and uh, thanks for helping me get to 10k you know it's been great it's been great let's, uh, let's go for 100k <laughs> alright small steps we'll start at 20k we'll start at 20k but I'm going for 100k guys so it's up to you to help us get there together anyway thanks so much guys and I'll catch you on the next episode